0: Hi everyone, Jay here. Just wanted to let you know that at one point during the interview, we talked about the IGD-9 form. Its correct name is the IGDSF-10, To step YI. Hello everyone, and welcome to another bonus edition of Game and Word. I have with me right now uh, Dr. Anthony Bean, the gamer psychologist, in a nutshell.
1: I, the, every, anybody, like a uh, gamer geek. Everything Certified Geek Therapist. We run Geek Therapeutics, where we, we train people on how to work with video games. We actually have a really cool problematic gaming uh, whole course coming out. It's probably going to be like 12 to so 15 Cs. That is going to really get it more from the idea of gaming as a healthy mechanism, but we just need to work on the mental health
0: symptoms. And so when you say problematic, do you mean problems that are external to gaming or that involve the act of gaming itself? Or as a therapeutic, it's kind of, it's all of it. So so what what we know
1: basically about like the World Health Organization's coming out with their gaming disorder, I would say a good 70 to 80% of therapists are out there being like, yeah, we see this as a problem, but we don't see it as the same problem as what the World Health Organization's doing. The other 20% are not great clinicians, is what I would say, just because it's based on not a great narrative and really faulty uh, research. But what we're doing is we're taking what is the good research, like things that have double blind studies, things that are verified with good actual psychometrics, not this thing that's, I gave them the IGD nine short form and look at this. They have all of these symptoms and it's, yeah, they, but the IGD nine short form SF has been like disproven multiple times. So we basically take all the good research. We teach people about. Everything from neurotransmitters to gaming behaviors to a whole bunch of other stuff. So one of the big things that always comes into play is, well, games are just like releasing all this dopamine type stuff. Yes, games release 170% more dopamine than other stuff in life. But guess what? Cocaine's 10,000%. Cheese is 300 some foods are, are higher than that, too. If you're going to be taking that little small statistics, let's give it some breathing room and let's show what other types of dopamine receptors come in. When you go and eat a piece of pizza and you hire dopam- dopaminergic information happening in your brain and you're like, gaming is the problem. You're You're a little wrong. <laughs> so so that's, got, that's what the whole thing is like. We're taking it and then we're going to hit it from five different viewpoints of how do we treat problematic gaming. Because we don't treat it as gaming addiction. We treat it as a union approach, a social construct family approach, behavioral for ones that get really um difficult, a mindfulness one. And then also uh, one based on trauma because we've all experienced some trauma and we've seen a lot of things happen that way.
0: Well, wow, it's, uh, it's a lot. No, it's good, but it's good work. It's important work, certainly. I, as a gamer, I'm glad that you're out there basically advocating for us within the mental health community. It's very important work, so thank you for doing it. Absolutely. We like
1: what we're doing, and we
0: like making sure that we
1: spend the correct amount of time going on with it.
0: And uh, speaking of time going on with games, so this interview is part of a series that I'm doing on Pirates. Mm -hmm. and specifically video games about pirates. And the one that I want to connect this particular interview to is Sea of Thieves. Have you ever played Sea of Thieves? I have a little bit, and more
1: of my clients have, and they talk about how they just actually act like pirates and wait behind rocks until someone comes by with the quest of a mega treasure and the <laughs> stealing. And I was and they're like, We really feel like we're being a-holes. And I was like, You're playing the game the way it was meant to be played. If someone is a pirate but they're finishing the quest,
0: it's your duty to go and take absolutely take that back from them. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd like, I was playing and I was matched up with some random dude. I could tell just by his title and everything. He leveled me by at least a factor of 10. Whatever. We outfit the ship. We get our provisions, just whatever. We set sail. We chart a course. We just to kill the time, I take out my hurdy-gurdy and like playing his shanty. And then this dude just throws a blunderbomb at me and knocks me overboard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, oh, the band
0: man. But at the same time, I was like, that's funny. In a sitcom way, like imagining a pirate getting thrown overboard just for being a terrible musician. <laughs> but that brings me to what I wanted to talk about is inhabiting this archetype of the pirate. Why is it so enduring and so appealing?
1: It, it really is because we don't have a chance to actually act like that anymore. Like, obviously, we have Somali pirates, things like that. But there are quite a, a few instances where we we get a chance to live and do something that we don't that doesn't exist in this world anymore so like these types of swashbuckling pirates you you could take this video game you could take world of warcraft even do you know how many people spent hours upon hours grinding for the the pirates down in south shore bay there were lots of people that were able to do that and they did it so they could dress like a pirate Because they don't exist and honestly, they're fun to do that. There's always a big thing of what is uh, a pirate versus a ninja, but I personally fall more into the ninja side, but pirates are so, are really fun. And if you get to be a pirate, you follow the code and the code is whatever's best for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. It's called (laughs) be a thieves, right? Be a, uh, be a friends. yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because what I've, I think it's cool about Sea these particularly compared to say a Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is perhaps more realistic in its portrayal of pirates, is that I feel like it just lights up a part of my brain that satisfies that need better, even though it makes no claims of actually being accurate. And it doesn't have to be accurate, but I think that's honestly one of the
1: best things that Ubisoft did with that one is that they, they went back and they looked at some historical and they brought it in. That's one of the big things that, that comes into play is, can you bring it in and can it be done in a way that's realistic? And they do a pretty good job with it.
0: Um, a very good job, actually, which is rare—not just for video games, but just media in general. But then also, whereas say a game like Sea of Thieves, which is makes no claims to be accurate, is very much like all tropes. So, how does that fit in the whole kind of schema of wanting to act like a pirate?
1: There's a lot of cool things that you get to really develop when you're pretending to be a pirate. That's something that I think is true to any avatar that we go and play with online. And that avatar means something to us. Like, sometimes I want to be a space pirate. I will go and destroy someone's ship just because I'm like, you're just close to me. That's like how it goes.
0: And what does it say about us just as people that we have this urge to basically be and we we need that outlet
1: the idea is that we get to rinse and repeat like we don't have any real consequences in the game just because we play as some sort of trope inside the game doesn't mean that's how like we are at in real life and i think that's the difference between what we see with people and what we can see moving ourselves forward in, in a different way as playing these different characters or being able to engage them. And it works in all video games. Pirates are just one of those heavy cultured ideas that are, are very well versed in, in the world. We could read about pirates. They really existed. And I think that's, there's a little bit of a different motive for us to play that because we're like, these people live this way and we're going to try to live that way too. Versus someone who has magical powers and things like that. So, you know, unfortunately, We got the wrong end of uh, the stream on that one, in my opinion. I would like that match magical powers.
0: How does it differ? How does it fulfill, like, different beats, right? You know, to play something that's more real versus one that's purely fantastical, or is there a distinction at
1: all? It fulfills something for us on the inside. I'll give an example. When I'm in a very creative mood, I play very specific games because it helps to flush those things out in different ways. It's not something that is just uh one-and-done one, one and done type thing. It's if I'm creative, if I'm looking for some inspiration, I'm playing a spacefaring game. I need Expanse. I need to be able to take over the world. I need to be able to do a lot of stuff. If I am just looking to kill some time, then it's probably an NML. <laughs> it just goes into one of those things uh, pretty pretty simpler but it just it it falls into those types of ideas a little bit more
0: and of course like video games the secret weapon is uh, of course the interactivity the fact that you're taking an active role in in the story so how does that impact the effect or the needs that playing a, a different role fulfills for us Versus say watching a movie or something. We get to actually have the interaction with it versus us just watching
1: immersed within it, but not interacting with it. And I think that's what the controller, that's what video games really bring into the delight for us is the, it brings us farther than a movie because we actually have to interact with the world around us. And with the it's, big, it's coming, yeah. and There's people are like, well, I don't know when this is going to happen. And you're like, Oh, it's around the corner because
0: we're starting to get some therapeutic type stuff that we can start working with. And it's awesome. But yeah, going back to pirates, I mentioned archetypes, mm-hmm. pirates. So let's, for our listeners who may not be the more familiar with the concept, could tell us uh, what is an archetype? So an archetype is like a
1: sense of energy. Think of it as like a, a constellation of characteristics that all come together. And when you fit them into these types of pieces together, like a pirate puzzle, and then they form a bigger picture. And if you take some of those out and put them into another uh, puzzle and put that together and that forms something else, that's a different archetype. So things like the idea of the god of mischief, Loki, he is an archetype that we, we work with is, of a trickster. It's, it would be the higher order one, and that he's embodied by Loki. So that would be a lower form is what we would call it. Because the higher forms that you go, the, the more uh, metaphorical it becomes and more all, all-encompassing. Um, A good way of looking at it is a kind of like a house of cards or the top card is like the top of the archetype. And as you come down, it gets more and more nuanced and it loses uh, a lot of what the the essence of the original archetype was.
0: So what makes certain archetypes more enduring or, or appealing? The people it's really the things
1: what we call video game tropes if we look at video games in themselves anime goes the same way uh a whole bunch of them is we can start seeing this very same tropes come across and those tropes are archetypes in in the in a sense and so as we get to play as a trope aka let's go rogue paladin wizard magic caster magic user but those are like video game tropes and those are also archetypal essences If you tell someone like, oh, I play a warlock, they're like, oh, you're a magic user. And you probably do things along these specific lines. And I would say 99% of the time, they're going to be right. Because that's what the idea of an archetype is for that. Now what makes them so wonderful to be playable is because us as video game players, we want to experience these different things. Now I wouldn't be surprised if let's say, uh, we would reverse our worlds and we actually had magical powers and stuff like that. We wouldn't be playing games about magic. <laughs> we wouldn't be playing games about something else, maybe not having magic and how do we have to problem solve our way through without using magic? Cause it's, you know, all of the enemies, all of the games and everything. If you rely too heavily on magic, you lose your ability to figure out how to solve everyday problems in other ways. It's the same idea with uh, technology today in our world. So if you were living in a magic world, you'd be playing as a, a scientific world with technology. Right. Um, and that's right. like the inverse. So that's the fear with technology is that we're going, we're becoming so reliant on it that if we lost it, the world will cease to function. That's the same idea of, of the magic world. If you become too reliant on that, then it becomes a different sense of who we are. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. it, because we can't hold on to what used to be, and once we lose it, we don't know how to to function any longer. I, I do enjoy the animes that, uh, that do that and pull that type of out. Be like, oh, you're too reliant on magic, and now this thing's gone. And those types of things that function a a little bit uh, differently for us, because it's really important for us to, to know the difference between them. All.
0: And why do we come up with archetypes or identify archetypes to begin with? Like how innate is it to who we are? Or is there a certain benefit? Maybe it helped our ancestors survive or whatnot. How is it that they exist it's a harder question and much longer than what we have because it goes all the way back to early
1: shamanism so in early cultures there's the the idea of healing and religion and everything comes out of philosophy before philosophy there was shamanism and the concept of that was i can function in these different ways if i believe i am being held captive by this different type of god or this other thing like before they used to be considered to be gods now the gods are in our world. Does that make sense? It does. Um, could you provide an example of... <laughs> Let's use Greek gods because Greek gods, is- everyone sure. knows them. It's a lot easier yeah. than using Norse gods or other stuff. If we were to be aggressive or something like that, we would be held in captive archetypally by Ares. If we were to think through our problems, it would be Athena. If we were to be the ruler, it would be Zeus. Those are types of ideas people would see these people in in not necessarily worship them as deities, but more along the lines that they are blessed with the powers of the gods on some level. Got it.
0: And what are the therapeutic applications? When we know what
1: archetypes are being held captivated by. As a plus uh, a plus and a uh, negative side, we could then be like, all right, what is it trying to teach me in a sense? What what does it mean? Obviously, I'm not being held God's arms or anything like that. And they're not like siphoning something towards me. But right. it's something along the lines of what is the message that's trying to come out of life here? Or We then say, if Zeus is trying to teach me to be a better leader, how do I incorporate that into my area here? If I'm being idolized, do I really want to be idolized or do I want to be a good boss? That's the type of thing that we tend to go
0: for. And, and regarding pirates specifically, like what do you think their domain is? And in contrast, let's say other types of outlaws like cowboy bandits.
1: Yeah, they're ruthless. They are chaotic and they don't really, you don't really know which way they're going to go. And they are sometimes entertaining, but they are not someone that you really want to cross very easily. That's the idea. So it's your your presence is emboldened within them. Hence why, if you're being an all you're playing Sea of Thieves correctly <laughs> in, in the game. And so that's the thing. You think about it like Johnny Depp's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. If you're going on quests and you're bringing something back, you're literally the commandant. That's your role. If you're like, no, I'm playing this game. No, you're really the commandant. The people who are playing the game correctly are the ones hiding behind those rocks over there that are going to come and destroy you, take your thing, and then run away with it.
0: And- what are some good resources that you would recommend for people who want to learn more about archetypes? There are a
1: wonderful amount of reading opportunities, one on Amazon, to look at. Get the Kindle versions if you'd like, but you can just type in archetypes and you will literally be endowed with them in lots of different forms. I mean, there's tons and tons of wonderful writers, and there's a whole bunch of different types of ideas that come out. And that's honestly the easiest place uh, to get it. I mean, you can get my book, but mine's on video gamers and and stuff like that. And the archetypes have expanded past what's in there right now, too.
0: And I know you touched on this earlier, but let's dive into it. So pirates versus ninjas. <laughs>
1: this is always so, the, the college My wife and I were just talking about this tonight. Like we, we went to colleges on opposite ends of the country and she asked me tonight out of the blue, we call this a, a synchronistic moment because she didn't know I was doing this tonight, specifically on, on pirates. And so she's in your college. Did you ever have a thing called ninjas versus pirates? And I was like, "Yep, I was, uh, one of the, the, the big founding ones for my uh, college. She goes, yeah, I'm a pirate. I said, I'm a ninja. (laughs) 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 So then like one of the things in, she didn't even know this was happening. And I told her that she goes, man, we were definitely in the right
0: headspace. That is, is an awesome story. Watch out, though. Sleep with one eye open now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We we definitely try to. <laughs> in some ways. Especially since our kids are the ones that get up. They are like little ninjas that turn into pirates and tantrums um, when they're downstairs. So they're like a good mix of us right now.
0: And that, As far as games, besides Sea of if you feel like getting your pirate on, are there any that you gravitate to particularly? Or even just like your, get your rogue
1: on or whatever? It's a really hard one because I haven't really had to, as much time as I'd like to be playing lately, but the game I'm actually playing is Pokemon and I am being a ninja in it. And if anyone's playing the new Pokemon Arceus or Arceus is what I'm starting to hear. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to call it Arceus because that's how it phonetically looks to me, guys. Anyways, but it's my turn to to jump on the Pokemon from the grass. It's my turn to throw something at them, in from the grass. It's not theirs, it's mine, which I'm like, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say I'm being like a little bit of a rogue and I'll get, wait for a whole bunch of Pokemon to come on through and then I'll just target and go and catch all three of them and once before they can run away. It's really fun.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we sign off, do you want to plug some pluggables? Yeah. any Anyone that really wants to know what we're we're doing, go and find us on any
1: social media Geek Therapeutics. That is really the big thing of what we we do. We have tons of merchandise. We do tons of trainings. We're at conventions. We're gonna be at at least six this year. And it is a wonderful thing to be able to to transform this knowledge into a viable spaces and see so many people benefit from it. That's the big thing. You can find all of our books, Psycho Zelda, Psycho Final Fantasy and Soon to have our Kickstarter put back up again because uh, we made our deal with Nintendo to psycho <laughs> Wow. They let you do it. They let us do it. They acknowledge that our book falls under free speech and they don't let us do the artwork, unfortunately.
0: Right. Hey, with Nintendo? <laughs> I take it as a plus. Yeah.
1: So that's fine. I, I change around the cover. It's not a big deal.
0: they <laughs> are right. <laughs> All right, and cool, and and if people wanna get in touch with you, follow you on the socials. Yeah, uh, what's the best way for people to reach
1: you? And that would probably be messaging us through Geek Therapeutics on our Facebook chat, because I'm usually on that. Or send me an email at at anthonybthd@gmail.com or anthony@geektherapeutics.com.
0: All right, there you go. Yeah, uh, thank you, and uh, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary folks, everyone. Dr. Anthony Bean, thank you very much for talking to me tonight. You are more than welcome.